Hi, this is Sean Leary, and welcome back to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers here in the Quad Cities. As always, we seek to get people to be as candid and open as possible in our conversations. Uh, it is always uncut and unedited. Once I press record on this mobile recorder, we do not stop recording. Um, and today I am interviewing Stephen Tallinier, who is a candidate for Rock Island Mayor. Um, Steve is one of the candidates that I am interviewing. Um, I also interviewed Terry Brooks and Andy Rowe. Um, Mike Tomes respectfully declined um, my request to be interviewed. Uh, nothing personal, and uh, I respect his decision. Um, but uh, Stephen, Terry, and Andy have all um, graciously agreed to be guests on this show. They all follow the same rules. Uh, 40 minutes max conversation. I have asked all of them the same questions. Um, if I do ask a follow-up question or I ask a question to them that is different than a question I asked to one of the other candidates, I will note that this question is different and the reason why. And typically it's because it's a follow-up question, something that they brought up that I feel we need to pursue. Um, also, in addition to that, I should note that um, some of these questions have been submitted by people on social media who are voters here in Rock Island. Um, some of the questions are ones that I've come up with. Others uh, are social media submitted questions. And I will note, in particular, when I uh, ask a social media submitted question. So, uh, that said, let's get started. Steve, thank you very much for joining me today. You're welcome, Sean, and thank you again for the opportunity to speak. And thank you. Now, let's get started with question, again, asking everybody this at the onset, just to refresh voters' memories, what are your qualifications for the job and why are you running for mayor? Well, I like to help. I like to help people. I enjoy helping people. Uh, I've worked for two. <clears throat> pardon me. I've worked for two mayors, three city managers. Uh, I've had a lot of insight with uh, being an alderman for ten years. Um, it's exciting. It's fun to do, and it's it's uh, being a liaison between the the residents of Rock Island and uh, the management of the city of Rock Island, and helping people have friendlier, nicer, more convenient lives. Um, what have you now we talked a few months ago at the onset of the campaign and of course it swung into you know full bloom uh, you guys have had three forums and uh, you've been out and about talking to people going door to door um, what have you learned as a candidate from talking to people and how has that changed or reinforced your thinking and beliefs in regard to the job I think people, what I've learned the most is people want relationships. They want relationships between the city and the residents. They want relationships between the city and the stakeholders. They want they want relationships. They want communication. Uh, I realize not all communication can be uh, uh, out in the public, but they want relationships and they want to know that people are doing the right thing. Thank you. Um, now this brings up a question, and this is a unique question to you in our interview. 
and it's something that resonated with me from our last interview. Um, and it's it's actually something I liked that you had presented, and you had said you want um, Rock Island to be a more compassionate city towards its residents, um, have a more common sense approach in regard to the reinforcements of fines um, and regulations and things of that nature, and to take things into perspective in regard to that. Um, can you expound upon that a little bit more, and is that something that you've had reinforced in talking to the public? Absolutely. Uh, where the, the, the prime example is the CORA fines. It's the Car Owners Responsibility Act. And, you know, a young man, he borrows his aunt's car, and, you know, they go out, he goes out, and he's got a couple buddies with him. They got the radio turned up too loud, or they cut a corner or something. And, they, and the, you know, the aunt's got a, uh, a, a mortgage at the, at the car company, and, or she's got a loan at the car company. Her car's impounded. I mean, can't we just legally park the car? Let the kid call the call someone for the parents to come get the kids. Legally park the car. Tell the owner of the car they can come and get the car. The keys at the police station. Do we have to have a seventy-five dollar towing ticket and then thirty dollar a day storage fees? And and you know and it, it does. It, we have on non-criminal offenses. We have to, you know, a couple days of public service, cleaning up trash in the parks. You know, just, you got you got to just care a little bit more. You just can't hit them with the, the cash. I mean, I, cash is easy, but they don't, a lot of our residents don't have it. And they're, and it's, it, it, there needs to be more discretion. What at this point would be your top five priorities in office? And specifically, what would you look to accomplish in your first year? The number one would be to grow our retail sales tax. Uh, number two would be a uh, insurance policy for our low uh, income residents an insurance policy that the rent that the landlord can get uh, with uh, regard to uh, the, the water leakage and then you get a big water bill at the end of the quarter and you know then you know just to uh, an insurance policy similar to our sewer water and lateral uh, Five, five's a big, five's a big number. Um, I never had them itemized quite like that. Uh, <laughs> you kind of got me on the spot. Uh, I need, we need to do. Uh, it's real high up there. We need to do. We need to have the conversation and how to supply Wi-Fi access to all residents in Rock Island. And I know that's against big business. I know Mediacom and everybody else is going to be disappointed with that. But we need to have the conversation. That would have. That would be like number one and a half. I mean, it's it's. It's really, uh, uh, and we have a lot of smart people. We do in the city of Rock Island. Uh, the uh, number four is quite easy. I will be available 24-7 for anyone by appointment that wants to talk to me, whether they're first, second, third shift, holiday worker, anyone that wants to call me and set an appointment, I will be available to talk to those folks because we must build relationships with everyone. Uh, five, um, we really have to make sure our upper management have the tools and the confidence and the support of council and the mayor's office to go and aggressively pursue uh, retail establishments. Which would be your top priority coming in, you feel? 
given the count, giving the upper man, yeah, thinking about the upper management, giving them the confidence and the tools and the support for them to succeed in attracting retail sales tax dollars. Gotcha. How would you, and this is when I was considering running for mayor, one of the um, keys to my platform was going to be making Rock Island a greener, more ecologically friendly city. And not only from an ecological standpoint and a climate-friendly standpoint, but also from a financially and fiscally responsible standpoint. If you look at it long-term, solar and wind power are the future. Um, Being more green is not just a trend. It's something that I think is prudent as well as uh, popular. And um, I think that it would behoove the city to move in a a direction that is more friendly towards that. How do you go about that as mayor, uh, moving the city in a more eco-friendly direction, um, becoming more green, uh, not just in regard to potential technologies, but in also, you know, um, better use of the resources that we currently hold in regard to that? Well, we are, we are kind, we are green. We have a hydroelectric, we we, we are, and uh, uh, former mayor Mark Schwiebert was uh, a really green person. He was, yes. But but it's, it's very expensive expensive to be green. Uh, ethanol. Ethanol has been sold to, to uh, um, it's a renewable resource. It's been around since uh, 1975, ethanol and your gasoline. Uh, however, if it wasn't subsidized by the federal tax and state tax, it wouldn't be competitive. So we need to figure out how we can uh, marry the two initiatives, the actual cost and the actual uh, efficiency of the green initiatives. Uh, and it's tough. And it is tougher now for us now because our residents are uh, strapped for other bills out there and uh, so we just we have to investigate it now we go from one green to another let's talk about something we talked about in our last conversation as i did with all the mayoral candidates and that is marijuana legislation uh once again it was in the news this week um there's stories all over the media about illinois uh, taking steps to move towards potential legalization of recreational marijuana and what and how that would impact Illinois. Now, given the fact Illinois is obviously in a budget crunch, it's not uh, up for debate that there is a budget crunch. The only debate is how much. Um, uh, when we look at states like Colorado, Washington have been very financially successful in regard to the legalization of marijuana. I know Colorado is to the point where they're giving money back to taxpayers because they're making so much money on this. Um, not to mention the fact that scientifically it's been proven that marijuana is less addictive than alcohol, which is legal. Um, it can lead to less violence and negative behavior than alcohol, which is also legal. Um, and the fact that, you know, just look at looking at the way things are trending, it would appear that marijuana is going to become legal at some point within the next five to ten years. Um, where where do you see yourself on that? Um, and if it, if you are mayor 
Um, how do you see the city being able to take advantage of that in a positive way if it is if it does become legal in the state of Illinois and how do you think that um, you know both Rock Island and the state of Illinois um, should stand in regard to that trend towards legalization of marijuana well Sean I think we have I think the, the proof is in the taste of the pudding on our compassionate side of the deal is we've allowed up to 300 grams of marijuana to not be a criminal offense right, right. so we we really have a uh, I think we're forward-looking there uh, you know the guy you're in a car with a couple of guys and one guy's got a joint with him they used to take all three of them away now they give them a citation you know they don't end up in the, in the Huskow over the weekend and that. Uh, no, I, uh, I'd be, I'd be uh, enthusiastically uh, trying to figure out how we could put a, uh, uh, turn it into a revenue stream for the city of Rock Island and for the state of Illinois. Uh, and, but it all has, still have to have its, um, its controls and its uh, 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 overseers over to make sure that, but it's it's not like it's going to go away if we don't. I mean, there's. I, I think you'd be surprised if you knew how much marijuana was actually being uh, smoked in City Rock Island. So I don't know, I don't know if I'd be surprised. If okay. It's a lot. Uh, you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Yes. Anyway, so, yeah. No, we've done it. We, we, I supported it and still support it. And uh, I know uh, the, the public safety officials, the, fi- the, the police, were not really impressed with that. But anyway. I know it. It's uh, it needs to be done. Well, I think it, in in the long run, it's going to make police safer. To be honest with you, as well, because it's, if you take that out of the equation, it's not going to take as many man hours for the police to try and reinforce these laws. And again, if you look at actual data on this, if you look at actual research on this, the majority of people who utilize marijuana as a drug are nonviolent. Um, most of the people who deal it are nonviolent if they're just dealing marijuana. I should say that. If, they, if it's a harder drug situation, then it can, and it's different. Um, and so to get the police out of that equation, it's, going to, it's not going to put them in harm's way as often. It's not going to cost as many man hours in regard to, to these offenses and things of that nature. So I, I think it would be beneficial for law enforcement. And we, we want our law enforcement to be safe. We want our law enforcement to stay out of situations in which you know they needlessly put themselves in harm's way, and I think that that would be beneficial in that respect as well. Any further comment on that? Uh, you know, what about the guy that uh, has a, a type 2 diabetes? I mean, they, they can have a shot of whiskey. It's got so much sugar in it. So, you know, if they want to kind of fit in with the social crowd, you know, uh, it's... Uh, in, so anyway, no, it's it's uh, it needs to happen. Now, let's go from that into another trend that uh, has popped up since um, uh, Donald Trump has become president. We have seen Betsy DeVos um, be advanced as the head of education in this country. Now, I'm not trying to get into a political discussion in regard to Donald Trump or or Betsy DeVos or whether you agree with her or not. But that said, the facts being what they are, um, one of the things that Betsy DeVos is a proponent of is a voucher system, more charter schools, <clears throat> um, 
greater competition in regard to the school environment. And if that happens, if that occurs, if that becomes the law of the land, then we're going to see a potential sea change in education where we may see less funding for public education due to the fact that people will be using more of these tax vouchers to go towards private schools or charter schools. Now, there's obviously good and bad in, in these situations. It's, it's not a good thing to have more money taken away from the public education system, which is already struggling. That's, that's not a good thing at all. Um, but on the other hand, you also have a potential for charter schools to come in and that could be economically advantageous in that the charter schools will pay more money, potentially, in tax revenue to a city or state or whatever. And then you have that coming back in. So how do you, as mayor, balance that? And again, I understand that the mayor does not have a whole lot of impact in regard to what goes on in the schools. Um, it's more the school board. But, and it's, you know, the, the state. But that said, if, if the charter schools do start coming in, how do you as mayor um, see yourself, and what's your position on this um, in regard to balancing that or trying to, you know, make sure that there is uh, more of a balance and, a, and an equitable one between the public school system and any private schools that may come in to take advantage of these new programs if they are put forward? Well, Sean, I think the Rock Island Milan school, schools do a great job educating our children. Uh, I think the federal government needs to stay out of how we educate our, our children locally. I think uh, they have a lot of issues in the major metropolitan areas. Um, you know, they'll they'll make legislation in, in uh, Washington, and uh, but I really think they need to stay out of state and uh, local. Uh, yeah. Saying that schools, saying that I'm an elected alderman, and I would never want a school board member judging how I'm running the city. So I'm not going to judge the Rock Island Island School Board or try to influence them as mayor or alderman. I wouldn't do that, but I'm here to support whatever the schools, the Rock Island Island School Board, uh, whatever initiative they uh, they present. Now that brings up um, another topic that I'm give, I again I realize that this is unfair um, in some respect because this this just exploded all over social media in the last 48 hours and I talked to Terry and Andy. And this, this had happened after Terry and Andy had recorded our conversations. And so I did not ask Terry and Andy this question on the podcast. I have given them the option of providing a written response, a written commentary on this situation. And to be completely fair, because I want to be as fair as possible to all of you. I want to give all of you guys the same platform. I'm going to offer you the same option where you, you don't have to answer this question. You can provide me, if you choose to do so, you can provide me with a written commentary or any sort of you know, written um, perspective and send it to me later on if you choose to do so. Again, you, Terry, Andy, Mike, you all have the option of providing a comment on this or you can say no comment. And you can say no comment when I ask you this question. Do I get to hear the comment first? The question first? Yeah, yeah, you do. I sent you, a me I sent you guys all a message on this on private messenger on, on Facebook yesterday um, in regard to the situation at Washington Junior High. Um, Barbicus and Quad City Times, which I work for, um, had a column this week, and it was um, an explosive column in regard to 
a situation which had occurred in which a 13-year-old had allegedly assaulted two 12-year-old girls at Washington Junior High School, one of which was a physical assault, the other which was a sexual assault. Um, there are some discrepancies in the stories that are being presented. Uh, I think that there's a, an agreement that there were, these assaults took place, but there's a, some discrepancies in how they were handled by the school in regard to what the parents are saying and in regard to what the school is or is not saying. And I understand the school can't comment due to policy. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the story or have read it, but I'm offering you and the other candidates a chance to comment on this if you, if you want. Or you can say, I'd prefer not to comment at this time, and you, you, you will or will not send me a, a written response, and that's fine. Either way, I'm not. I just figure it's, it's just something that is in the news. It's something that a lot of people are talking about. Um, I would give you a chance because because if you're mayor, potentially this is something that somebody may ask you about. So I'm ask I'm offering you guys the platform to either speak about it or not speak about it. And again, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the situation. Feel free to say, I don't feel comfortable commenting on it at this point. I want to be fair to all you guys, and since Mike is, is respectfully declined to appear on the show, um, I've also offered him the platform to send me a written written comment or not on this. Well, I, I do have a comment to say about the... Uh, I know there, the Rockheim Police Department did a investigation, mm-hmm. and uh, they... Uh, our police department is a two-tier accredited, state-accredited police department. Professional police department, they do a great job. They did their investigation. They put that information to the state's attorney. The state's attorney's office, uh, they will choose to do what they're going to do. Uh, uh, from there, I mean, I trust the police department, I trust the state's attorney's office, and uh, that, that's all, I mean, it's kind of an abbreviated answer, but I don't have, I don't have any more information other than what has been alleged uh, by uh, all the social medias and, and newspapers. So, but uh, I do trust them, all the entities, and they'll get it ironed out. Right. Fair enough. Uh, like I said, it, it's something that just came up, and, it, and you know... It's something that obviously, I mean, that's a that's a great concern. Uh, and when in the last conversations we had, I had a lot of questions about that. There have been a lot of issues in public schools. And as someone who I substitute teach in Rock Island, in, Mol- in Moline, in East Moline, um, and I've been at different schools, uh, and there have been behavioral issues uh, with students in, in it, schools in every city that I've taught in, and so I understand that there's a great concern of, by parents in regard to some of the behavioral problems by some children. And I should say it is not the majority of kids. It's usually only a handful of kids that exhibit these behavioral tendencies, but they tend to have a, a negative impact, a profoundly negative impact in regard to that. And so parents are concerned about it. Um, then when that exploded this week, I think there, you know, again, there was a lot of concern um, by residents and parents of kids who are in the school district. So I think that, you know, something that needs to be discussed, whatever the result. Um, another hot button topic, and this is something that, this is a question from social media, and this was something that a number of people asked. Um, 
And we see this on social media quite a bit. On my Facebook news feed, we see mentions of this story quite a bit. A lot of people ask me this question, will ask me to ask you guys this question. What is your position on Brandt Construction being sued for $233,000 over work on the 6th Avenue sewer project and what that means to voters? Uh, it's in litigation. Uh, contractors are uh, inherently there to make money. And whether you're the contractor that is suing Brandt or if you're the Brandt that is being sued, you're a contractor. And uh, it really has nothing to do with the... Uh, uh, the management of the city. It's, uh, uh, like I say, it's under litigation. And uh, how did you phrase the question? What's my What's my view? I mean, this is This is uh, the the exact phrasing of the question is What is your position on Brant Construction being sued for for this? Con contractors are there to make money, sure. and uh, they have mediation and and for someone to think that it's unusual for a contractor to be sued, uh, hire one sometime. Right. Because you can be on the other side and you can be on either side and uh, until those facts come out, it's got, it's got really no relevance with this city of Rock Island. Right. Okay. Again, these are questions that people, and again, the, um, I had a lot of people ask me that question. Um, they asked me it in different ways. A lot of people said, you know, well, what does he feel about this? Or what do they feel about this? Or what are we going to do about this? And I, I understand the mayor, it's a same thing with the education question. Some people asked about, you know, well, what are they going to do about this in regard to the schools? And I know the mayor has very limited impact in regard to the schools. It's the state and the school board that handle that. Um, same thing with this next question. And again, this is a question a lot of people on social media asked. And I know it's something that had been discussed on my news feed in a couple of strands. And this is, once again, I, I go into this question, and I said this to Terry and Andy, knowing full well that the mayor has limited power in regard to this. But nevertheless, when multiple people ask me to ask you guys a question, it's my responsibility as a reporter to, to pass on that the questions. So, um, payday loan places. We see a lot of them on 11th Street in particular. Um, they charge exorbitant interest rates, exorbitant fees. A lot of people are falling prey to the predatory loan practice practices of a lot of these places. What, if anything, can the mayor do in regard to payday loan places that just, you know, show unscrupulous behavior or predatory behaviors towards, um, towards their customers? And, um, you know, what's your position in regard to that? Well, I would think the Consumer Protection Agency of the state of Illinois would have some input on that. Uh, is mayor if there if these allegations and if there's enough smoke it's there's fire if they if it is indeed true that they are that uh, sinister then we need then we need to have somebody look into it but I don't I don't think it's the city of Rock Island I think it'd be the Consumer Protection Agency of the state of Illinois um, however pawn I mean are we going to throw pawn shops in there I mean uh, you're a lead I mean, your your people are asking the question are alleging these are, but are these just people that uh, chose not to uh, pay their bill? I mean, I don't know. I but uh, I would like I'd like more examples of what someone suggests is predatory loans. I mean, I I don't know. I but uh, there have to be. Uh, I know there's usury laws in the state of Illinois. They can't. They must not be able to break those laws. So I mean, but if there needs to be an investigation, certainly push one forward. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> what ideas? Now, you know, you, as I mentioned, you guys have had three forums. Um, you know the other candidates. Um, you've talked with the other candidates. You've interacted with them. Um, what ideas? And again, this is going into this. I mean, I fully admit. I am not perfect. I know some people may be shocked to hear me admit that, but nevertheless, all of us have our flaws. All of us have things that you know we are right about, we are wrong about. We can be think we're right about something at this particular time, and later on we realize that we were wrong about it. You know, um, none of us has all the great ideas in the world. All of you, having spoken with all of you, all four of the candidates, there are things I agree with all of you on. There are things that I would do differently than, than all of you. And that's, that's human nature. That's just the way it goes. Um, so going into that, you've been at forums. You've heard ideas from the other candidates. What ideas have you heard from your fellow candidates that you've agreed with? Which ones have you disagreed with and why? Elaborate on that. On both, which of you agreed with, which of you disagreed with? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to judge what they said or what they do. I know a lot of their comments. We already do. It's uh, uh, quite frankly, I'm nervous enough listening to trying to determine what the question was at the forums, and uh, I don't. I don't even know that I hear their platforms, so I, I don't have a good answer there. That okay? Fair enough. <laughs> Like I said, um, each of the candidates answered differently. And as I mentioned, when Andy and I spoke, I said, you know, differences are not a bad thing. And Brett, uh, we were t- a friend of ours, a mutual friend, we were talking about that. And I was saying, you know, differences are not always a bad thing. I mean, they help us to grow. They help us to evolve. When people have differences of opinion, oftentimes, you maybe somebody else is pointing out a blind spot that you didn't see before. They're pointing out a flaw in your logic or your argument that will help you better yourself and better your a way of thinking of the world. So I don't think the disagreements are, are necessarily a bad thing. It's just being respectful in regard to discussing those disagreements. So um, along those same lines, um, again, I, I think all of you um, would make good mayors. Uh, I think all of you have a lot of good ideas. Um, I think all of you are honorable men. You're doing this for the right reasons. Um, that said... Uh, come April 4th, one of you is going to win. Three of you are going to walk away disappointed. Now, if you lose, would you work with the winner? And if you win, would you reach out to those that you defeated? And how would that go about? What are some things that you know you think you would work together on potentially um, if you are the new mayor? And if you are not the new mayor, what are some things that you think you could offer to whoever does end up winning the election? I would uh, absolutely reach out to all three gentlemen. I think all three of them are fine Rock Islanders. I think they care. I think their heart's in the right place. I, uh, now you're in a unique position because you're going to be an alderman no matter what. Right. So you will be working with I, the next mayor. I, I will. And uh, absolutely... 
being being on the opposite end of conversations and losing things such as the city leasing cars. I mean, we we had a le- we leased cars for three years. That seems so irresponsible in financing for me for the city to do that. And I lost that vote, and it wasn't even hardly close. But I lost the initiative to not do that. And uh, but I still got up the next morning, and you you call the alderman. Hey, you got this problem. We got this. What do you think about that? You know, yeah, you have to you have to stick your hand over the fence and say, hey, neighbor, uh, we're still here in Rock Island, and we're going to work. We're all going to get. We're all going to work together. And it is uh, it's a competition, but it's a competition to the top, and the voters will choose. In in the system works very well, and I have a hundred percent confidence in the system, and uh, look forward forward to being the next mayor, Rock Island. Cool. Yeah, and, th- and that's what we're trying to do here with, you know, on QuadCities.com sure. is, you know, we're providing these conversations and these forums so that people can be as educated as possible. That's why I've had these lengthy conversations with all the candidates is because I want people to be able to listen to these and, you know, hear what the candidates have to say, unedited, uncut, uncensored. You can talk as much as you want about whatever you want. Sure. And we actually have quite a bit of time left before we hit 40 minutes. So you have... Have, as I've offered the other candidates, uh, once we reach the end, we've reached the end of our questions. Um, offer me your vision for the city, and you have as much time as you want, up to about six, seven minutes here, uh, which I'll cut you off once we get that six, seven minute point. Um, why should people vote for you? Why should someone go out on April 4th and vote for you for mayor as opposed to anyone else? Go ahead and make your case and tell people why you should be the next mayor of Rock Island. Well, Sean, there's nobody out there that cares more about your concerns as a Rock Island resident than I do. And I I really believe that sums it up. I will be available by appointment 24-7. Holidays, Christmas, I don't, it does not matter to me. You want to talk, you got a problem, call me, we'll set it up. I'll have an open open office uh, similar to the current mayor now, an hour in the morning and at the beginning of business, eight to nine, from four to five. I, you know, most of the days of the week, you know, certainly I go on vacation too, but that would be posted. Uh, we have to build relationships in the city of Rock Island. The stakeholders in the Southwest, our management team, they need to they need to have conversations with those folks. They need to know what's they need to. Uh, uh, we need to, We can only move to the Southwest. I mean, it's uh, we're ninety five percent built out in the city of Rock Island, and uh, no, it's uh, if you, for ten years you call, I answer the phone. And uh, it uh, it's exciting running for mayor. It's it's different than running for alderman. You you have people that uh, have been disappointed with my decisions, and uh, I have been wrong. I've there's three people out there in ten years that I've really aggravated, and and those are the types of things that keep me awake at night. How I saw it poorly, and I didn't see it through their view, and I think that makes me stronger. Yeah, how, how have you learned from that? That's a good question. And again, this is a question I'm asking you because you bring it up. So how have you learned from any mistakes that you have made? 
and have you have you grown from them and changed your perspective in regard to them? Because everyone makes mistakes. I'm, I'm not picking on you. I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. All the other candidates have made mistakes. It's how we learn from them and how we grow from them that is essential. Well, and I had forgot. I had I had forgotten my. Uh, uh, mantra that you never say anything bad about anybody's kid and you don't ever say anything bad about anybody's mom. And, uh, you know, and I, I, that will always be in the forefront. You, I, you have to, you have to listen when people, you know, and trust tell you something, you can't just dig your heels in. We have to compromise. You might not get the whole apple, but you got to settle for half of it. And compromising on situations is, uh, I guess that's why we are professional politicians and it's not just, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it all the time and we you wouldn't even need me if it was easy so that's that that sums it up how i've grown mm -hmm. is that we you, you have to, you just can't always get what you want mm -hmm. any any further comment in regard to your vision for the city because i kind of interrupted your flow there of <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a great city, Sean. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in our day-to-day -day circumstances are tough. The future for the city of Rock Island is great. We're going to keep working very hard to bring in retail sales tax. We have to look at other user fee. Um, and I brought that up in our other conversation. And uh, perhaps as, be, as we are a home rule, a home rule city, uh, professional service taxes. Uh, yeah, that's not going to make some people very happy, but you have a choice. But we cannot, and everyone has to realize this. And like I said before, there are two aldermen out there, and they are really in favor. They, one has even been quoted, it's a crime we haven't raised property taxes. And I, I just shake my head at that. Let's figure out some other forces of revenue that you have a choice on. And uh, uh, property taxes are easy because you just vote and it's there. But it is chronic and it never go. they never go lower. Uh, so, uh, no, my vision is I would work very hard every day to make sure our staff has the, the tools that they need and the confidence they need and the support to go out and, uh, and, and visit with everyone they can possibly find and in, in, in sell the city of Rock Island. And I really would like to thank you and for all that you do for uh, the elected officials because this is your Saturday and, uh, you know, you get time off too and you're here because this was the only time I could meet you. And, uh, no, and it's, uh, it's a great city. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thanks for your time. Again, yeah, this we're meeting here on a Saturday in Cool Beans in uh, College Hill in, in Rock Island. And like I said, I wanted to be fair to all the candidates. I wanted to offer all the candidates um, the potential to uh, to speak with voters one more time before the election. We've got an impor important decision coming up on April 4th, which is uh, about a week and a half from now. Uh, so... I really wanted people to be as, as uh, educated as possible and to uh, be able to make their decision knowing full well how each of the candidates stood on the different positions that were of interest to them. And as I mentioned, that's why I solicited questions on social media. I had Rock Island voters sending me questions. And these are the concerns that you guys have answered. And I appreciate the fact that you have all taken time out of your schedules to meet with me and to talk through this podcast to the constituents in Rock Island. So once again, Stephen Tollinger, thank you very much for being a guest here on QC Uncut. Thank you very much, Sean. It's been my pleasure. 
And once more, thank you so much for tuning in. This is QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. This wraps up my series um, talking with the mayoral candidates for Rock Island. I want to thank Andy Rowe, Terry Brooks, Stephen Tallinier, and Mike Tomes for talking with me um, a couple months ago in our initial conversations. I also want to thank um, Stephen Tallinier, uh, Andy Rowe, and Terry Brooks for meeting with me for follow-up conversations. As I mentioned, um, Mike Tomes respectfully declined, and um, I understand his, his reasons for doing so, and I respect that. Um, I have offered each of these candidates the opportunity to send me a mission statement and a vision statement, 500 words maximum, that we will put up on our website, quadcities.com, completely unedited and uncensored. Whatever they send us is what we will put up. So make sure there are no grammatical errors. <laughs> so, um, again, I've offered all four of the candidates the opportunity to do that. We'll see. Um, I have yet to get vision or mission statements for many, but we'll see. We will run them with the podcasts uh, this week. And again, that's to make sure that voters are as educated and informed as possible. So once again, thank you very much for tuning in to QC Uncut. I am Sean Leary, and I hope you have a great day.